right, everybody. There is no point in having a podcast called Get Real with Lisa Crown if I'm not going to get real about what's going on. The reality is we are still in a quasi-lockdown situation. And for me, I'm like, look, I've got to change things up being in a shutdown. i got to find new hobbies and things that interest me, and i got to challenge myself, right? So for me, I thought, you know what I'm going to start doing is watching a few documentaries and a few movies and a few things I feel way behind on, right? Uh, Welcome to Crown and Kugler. You know, we are now your movie critics, helping other people that are quarantined, that are locked down and want to know what should I put on my TV and spend time watching? Well, I cannot do this alone. And that's why I've got my partner with me here, uh, Ryan Kugler, who is a personal friend of mine for 25 years, who to me is the Mac Daddy of the movies and knowing uh, everything in and out about what's going on. It like, it doesn't matter what movie you bring up to this guy, he knows about it. He'll know something about the author, something about the character, something about the plot. He's always got a little bit of color to mix in. I'm excited to have you on here. In fact, you are gonna be coaching me into what I need to be watching and seeing. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, uh, me, us, on our new show, Crowning Coogler. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. This is awesome. It's exciting. I've been wanting to be on a movie review anything for years and years and years. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's total. It's your calling, my friend. It's your calling. I mean, honestly, uh, seriously, I work, as you know, 43 states. I coach thousands of people around the nation. And honestly, out of every single human I know, you're the guy. You are the guy. And I cannot wait to pick your brain myself on all the great things that you've seen. And thank you so much for recently challenging me on some of the stuff to watch. So why don't we just dive in? I mean, the the bottom line is you guys, we're going to be sharing with you four movies a week is our goal on Crown and Coogler, you know, movie, movie critic take one. We are going to be talking today about Tiger King. We're going to bring up the Beastie Boys. We're going to talk about Invisible Man and the show Love. So let's kick it off with Tiger King. I mean, give us your, give us a vibe and a pulse on Tiger King if people should be watching it. I mean, honestly, I'm, they could have called it COVID King. I mean, this thing blew up. It was, I remember the first day we're on quarantine, the wife and I, and we're like, what are we going to watch? And a couple people said, there's this thing called Tiger King and Tiger King. And it, it ended up hitting like that same week that we went on lockdown and we watched it and we just, we couldn't, there was, we, could, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to say. We couldn't wait to get on to the next episode. I'm not a reality show guy. I don't watch reality shows. I don't have time for them. This thing was something else. It was, it was like a movie with real people and it was so outrageous and so compelling that it just, it was amazing. It really was. Um, the characters, the insanity, just the over the topness and all you wanted to do was talk to people. I remember, you know, Julie and I, after we watched this, we like, we had to, you know, text friends. We had to call family like are you watching this and if you're not you should be you know what that you nailed it i felt this i watched it and i go oh my god like i kept going oh my god and then every time i thought okay we really peaked the oh my gods we didn't it went another level up i mean the guy marries two guys i'm you know at the same time like that that's just insane to me um super intrigued i you start to question your insanity you know, Ryan, like all of a sudden I started to think to myself, you know, I'm, I I can't stop watching it. Now, did you notice some people going, I shut that thing off in the first, you know, half hour. 
Yeah, unbelievable, and I don't believe it. Honestly, it's unbelievable, and I don't believe it. I mean, sure you did. How do you watch any of that and not take it to the end? It was, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. These are people that are just poo-pooing reality TV, but I think they watched it and won't admit it. Because <laughs> it's watchers. So, so easy to sit through, and, like, you have to see what happens at the end. You do. I will say this to anybody who shut it off early. Trust me. I'm a hard critic, okay? You're not going to get anything past Ryan and I on this thing. We're going to shoot you straight, okay? Um, I'm telling you, you got to get past that first episode or two to really dive into the essence of, are you kidding me? I can't put this down. Um, it's, it's, it's a watcher, for sure. What, and sure. real quick, what's interesting, just to kind of wrap up this one, is that it was almost like the Cabbage Patch Kid in that it was so amazing that first few weeks, but then it almost feels like, oh wait, now it's not cool. It's or like Titanic, where like everybody thought that was the greatest movie ever, and then three weeks later, nobody liked it even. I feel like Tiger King was of its time, like it was a March thing, and it was huge. It was a and March. Everybody, thing. everybody talked about like this is what we're going to be for Halloween and this and that, and now you can't find a single person that even remembers or cares or admitted they liked it at least from my camp so it was kind of like a of its moment and then it kind of passed I feel it was I mean it blew up on social media everybody was locked in I mean people had signs sitting on the corner saying Carol Baskin did it yes you know and I know you guys want to know what that means well you got to go and watch it it's worth the watch and now that it's settled down you know it's just one of those things it's worth all the episodes uh, I'm telling you, you're going to want to call Kugler and I for sure. Yes. Um, and we'll be here to pick our, you know, you can pick our brains about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, let's move on. So you, thank you so much, challenged me to watch the the Beastie Boys, um, which by the way is on Apple TV, Tiger King's on Netflix. I do want to tell them where they can find these. Apple TV Plus is yeah. where we've got the Beastie Boys. And it's so interesting because, you know, I grew, we grew up on them. Love their music. I've had a lot of late nights and some fabulous clubs growing up as a you know teen or whatever, dancing to their stuff, which is spot on. But I never followed them in their story. So when I heard that it was out, it didn't click to me. You know, um, my husband's the hugest Beastie Boy fan. Read their books. He's like he was all over it. It was really cool. I actually, found something that he and I got to watch together and enjoy because we like to watch different things. Um, tell me what was out of all your movies. I mean, you're the guy, you know what I mean? You just, you, you got them all. This was one of your picks. Why was it one of your picks? So again, Beastie Boys. I mean, when I was in high school, License to Ill was the album. Like everybody had that album and it was huge and they didn't go the vanilla ice route. Like they, it wasn't like a one hit wonder where it was kind of like, you know, silly rap and frat boy rap. They actually moved on and became like real musicians and they they took up the instruments and they became serious writers and that first album is super fun but they followed it up with Paul's Boutique which I think to this day is kind of considered like a landmark rap album just the way they use samples so I was always into them and following them and I got to see them once I got to see them play one of their last tours mm -hmm. and it was just fantastic and so I heard about this movie I think it played some film festivals and it was actually supposed to open in theaters. It was gonna be an IMAX release in May. And I was super excited, then COVID hit, Apple TV picked it up and my son and I, who was also a fan, I kind of got him into them when he was a little guy. Yeah. Um, we watched it the other night at home and we were just super 
into it and the way they did it. And it was kind of an interesting, it's a documentary, but it's kind of like a stage show where the two, you know, surviving Beastie Boys are on stage in front of an audience, kind of talking about their lives, TED Talk style. And I just thought it was inspirational and cool and had great music and thought it's something that you should watch and that you would enjoy. Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. My husband, Ryan, enjoyed it as well. I will say this. I'm always looking for movies to inspire me. I want to get a message and a takeaway out of something that I watch that like clicks. So it either touches my heart and I feel like, oh my God, or it makes me cry or makes me laugh or makes me go, what? You know, like Tiger King, I was like, what? Oh my God. Like I love movies, documentaries that pull these emotions out of me. If I'm watching something and I start downloading my to-do list or I start like veering off or pausing and looking at my phone, then it didn't get me. It didn't capture me. And I'm so down to tell you guys about which movies do that to me because not all are a winner. Um, but Beastie Boys, love the storyline, love the history, loved the realness. I love that their forefront was I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to, we're going to be real. And the second that started to come off and that their producer and, you know, Def Jams and all this was like, Hey, you need to do this. And we need beer cans. And we need this flying and we need that. And they started to take them off. Like what really made them the beastie boys, they backed out and backed off. And it's just so interesting to watch that them being true to themselves were bigger than the money, the fame, the contract and all that stuff. And I appreciated that so much. I also loved just the failures. You know, people, a lot of the followers, Ryan, that are watching this are, are you know, um, salespeople and experience like trials and tribulations and failing or messing something up or wanting to do something perfect or, you know, you know, wanting it to be right. Like these guys were, it was more important to them to be themselves. And early on, I mean, we're talking, you know, eighties, nineties, where they have this, this belief system that I'm going to be myself. I wish the messaging got louder to all of us because I think we did leave, uh, live a long era of trying to be something we're not trying to impress people, trying to, um, you know, captivate attention from people who think we're someone else. I mean, whatever. It's like that I've really admired so much because it's a messaging I do in my work to be like, hey, you need to be you and do you first and foremost. And they they did that. I loved how they had the two remaining guys because, you know, we did lose MCA, which was really sad because MCA was a standout to me in this because he was the wizard. Did you pick that up? Did you feel he was like Absolutely. the Absolutely. And actually, you know, I had I had tickets to see them on their last, what ended up being their last tour. I had tickets for the Hollywood Bowl and they announced that MCA passed away and that was kind of the end of them. And it was like a couple months before. And I mean, it was devastating. And you could see that his death was devastating to the two of them. I mean, this documentary basically captured, I think it was a 30 city tour that the two guys went on. They presented it in front of all these live audiences and that so they did this over and over and over they ended up filming one of these for the documentary but you could really see that they get they were super emotional i mean they Adderall, were, they were so the end, emotional super they genuine too yeah he was very you know visibly shaken and again they've done this show 30 times and it didn't feel rehearsed like he 
he felt something with that loss. And I mean, you know, a lot of times band members lose somebody or lose two folks and they, you know, they keep going on, they hire a replacement, but I feel like MCA was the band and there was no replacement. And when he passed away, they were done. They said, we're done. We're not recording. We're not touring. That's our legacy. And so he was, you know, he's hugely missed. Yeah. And I, I actually admire that, you know, maybe they come out in a different light being named something else, but then they're the players in the game, you know, kind of like when the Jonas brothers all separated up and they kind of had different names and did different things. And maybe that's what they end up doing or they call it quits. But I love how that was it in the end, you know, actually to admire, I, I want to say a little shout out to my husband, Ryan. So my husband's Ryan, my husband, Ryan, his partner in his work, um, lost his life in August of 2019. And <clears throat> my husband basically said, I, I will not go back to work in that role without my partner. And so to me, I just have a huge place in my heart for people who are like, look, that's what that was. That band, the Beastie Boys encompassed them, yeah. you know, the three of them. And so anyway, that was, that was a really cool thing to see. And so it was a high recommendation for me, highly right. recommended just to watch their journey, whether you were a fan of their music or not. They did Brass Monkey for God's sakes. I didn't even <laughs> know they're the ones who did that until I saw the movie. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Really clubs, I was like, yeah, that I do agree that. I mean, I think, I mean, anytime you have a documentary on a band or on a person, I mean, it's nice to have some familiarity or, you know, be into their music. But I also thought that this could have, anybody could watch this and anybody. I think that they would get something from it. 100%. I don't know if my grandma would be able to handle, you know, the, the fight for your right to party video. She's don't underestimate grandma Kugler. That's true. She, maybe she could. Um, I don't know that she could sing along. <laughs> Laugh a lot. But I do think that it is, I mean, it's essential viewing, I think, if you're into so many different things. Right. Agreed. Let's move on to the wild card. So this was something I want to challenge us both. Me, I have the harder time. You, you can pick anything and, and beat me. But me, I got to think of something that uh, you wouldn't watch and you have to think of something I wouldn't watch. So um, you chose, tell us what your wild card is um, and why. I chose The Invisible Man. I usually like to go a little art house or a little obscure. This was a really big movie. It was a really big hit for Universal. It came out in theaters, again, right around the COVID time. So I think it was like a February release. Um, this is before there was even any hint of COVID. And, you know, I went opening night, big horror movie fan, really liked the director. He did a movie called Upgrade a couple years ago that was a really cool, low-budget sci-fi horror flick. So I was really excited about this. Um, and it delivered. I thought it was fantastic. Usually, I'm a big horror fan. Usually, you sit through 100 to get one decent one. The horror genre is horrible. Somehow, I'm still a fan. But <laughs> the sequels, the prequels, the remakes, I mean, I go sit through so much crap to get the gem. And I was really happy with this. I thought it was really good. It was intense. It was scary. It was kind of pitched as kind of the first Me Too horror movie. Um, it was about an abusive relationship and her trying to get out and so that plays into it and it's very kind of you know female empowerment and it's just really good but it also has it's not a message movie i mean it's it, it's scary and you jump and you scream and you root for her to get you know revenge on her tormentor but it's just a really exciting fun movie elizabeth moss is in it from handmade she's fantastic um, I think it's an Oscar-worthy performance, and I just 
I really liked it. But yeah, it was kind of the last big release to come out before they shut theaters down. So even though it's a few months old, it's still top of mind. And I think it recently came out on, you know, DVD, Blu-ray streaming. And I, I think it's worth seeing. Now, let me ask you a question. What's the scariest movie you've ever seen in your life? Well, that's a great question. Again, I, I've seen them all. I'm a big part. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably the king because it feels like a bunch of wackos went out into the woods and just like killed people. Like it feels so authentic. Like they shot it on like, I don't know, 16 millimeter film. So it has like that grainy kind of documentary film. You know, it was the 70s, it was the hippie movement, and it just, the people that they cast in it, it's not like you, it's scary that makes you jump or it's super gory, but you feel icky when you come out, like you need a shower because it just feels super authentic, you know? I mean, I'm a big fan of the You Paranormal Activity? I saw Paranormal Activity. I thought it was fun. I'm not a big ghost movie guy. Like, I don't really believe in that whole paranormal, so that stuff is more kind of silly the stuff that scares me is like texas like texas chainsaw massacre i feel if it happened i hope it doesn't but like <laughs> a maniac running around with a weapon to me is more scary than like a ghost or you know an exorcist type movie but I, so I like, like if chainsaw massacre is 10 okay and then one is like the movie frozen where does invisible man <laughs> land Invisible Man's actually a, a solid eight. I pro it probably, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be watching that. It, it probably had like six or seven good jumps. I mean, you really- Oh, like, no way. It's intense, yeah, see, you jump, it's Crown exciting. is out. Crown so, over and out. There's no, no in, way. Done. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't scared. know. I get so scared. It gets in my head. I start thinking about it. I dream about it. Like, oh, there's no way. So you're going to be running the horror film uh, segment of our of our crown and kugler uh, movie critic uh reviews be and 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 that i'll just ask you a bunch of questions and then intrigue our our horror our, the people who like to watch some horror films so i'm glad you brought that one up um it's even the one. picture behind you has been scaring me this whole time we definitely got to get a different background for you um but yeah that stuff scares me i mean the jumps I'm telling you, the funniest things, like I sometimes jump just like when <laughs> in regular movies, right? Just, it's a funny thing. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna do a hard pass on an eight. But uh, guys, is it a recommendation? Should they watch it? Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so now my wild card, because honestly, I cannot find a movie or a documentary you haven't seen, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but I was, I always like to, now that I'm getting into this, because this is something that is fun to do with the family and it's fun to do with your significant other and it's fun to watch alone. I thought, you know, I'm really getting into this with a little bit of that downtime. I'm going to put my feelers out. Um, what I said, <laughs> so I reached out to a friend of mine and I was like, all right, what's on tap? What have you watched recently that rocked your world or blew your mind? Like, I like to get and watch something, whether it be reality TV, which I'm a fan, everybody knows, Bachelor, you know, Dancing with the Stars, like, um, you know, the world to dance. Like, I love all those dancing shows and reality shows are so much fun for me. I would say, um, what's something that's going to rock my world and she said well and was really like a little bit resistant I don't know I kind of watched something it's a little taboo I probably shouldn't have I can't tell you I said tell me she said okay it's a movie called love 
and it's an erotica on steroids times a thousand. Okay. So I was like, well, gosh, that got me intrigued and curious. So anyways, I watched this movie. It literally, it sets a stage. Okay, first of all, the way that they run the movie is odd. It just keeps doing glimpses. It, it goes to his past. So he's like in this relationship with this gal and, you know, you, you get this initial scene and you don't know what the hell's going on. And I think ultimately to the movie, the whole time you're kind of like, what is going on here? All the way to, to the end. Like, it's just one of these, oh my God, these twists and turns. Um, and it is, whoa, rated X, 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 one of those things. Um, but it, it's like it, he is fantasizing about a relationship that he had that in his eyes and mind was his ultimate soulmate and truest, truest love to a degree. And he keeps being in the reality of his life and then the past and the reality of his life. And it's not very clear. And then all of a sudden you're just in it. Um, yeah, so it was one of those things. I would say Ryan was like, I'm done watching it. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, my Ryan, right? Now we've got two Ryans, so we got to really disclose. But uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. Challenged me up a little bit. Now you're, you're familiar with the, the author on, or, you know, the director or something. So give yeah, us Yeah, so the guy that wrote and directed it, Gaspar No, um, I don't know if he's, I don't know where he's from. We can look that up. But Gaspar No, um, very... Man, he's considered like the bad boy of like foreign cinema, and it sounds like you're probably in agreement. He did a couple movies. One was called Irreversible several years ago, probably the most uncomfortable 90 minutes I've ever had in a theater. I think by the time it ended, half the audience was gone. I kind of knew what to expect, so I thought it was amazing, but it was kind of <laughs> like Memento in that it was, it was, it was backwards. So the movie starts at the end, and it sounds like he plays with time in love as well yes. and it's about this horrible just incident that happens and a guy's trying to get revenge for somebody that did his girlfriend wrong and it is just brutal i think the way he probably used sex and love is how he used violence and irreversible and it was mm. just like wow but the the screen's constantly flashing and there's loud techno music and it's just jarring he did another movie last year called climax about this dance troupe at a rave. Um, somebody spikes their punch with acid and it's literally a 90 minute acid trip with just <laughs> loud thumping music and like insane. So when you mentioned love, I kind of laughed because I know this guy and I would be like, I would think that a warning would be in order for one of his movies. Like I don't recommend his stuff to anybody that I know or like, but I appreciate it. And actually love when it came out, I wanted to see it because I, know his work and it, it played in 3d and not seeing the movie i can only imagine that that's a strange movie to have in 3d i don't know if yes. it lends itself to 3d but no. i know <laughs> it's i can't imagine wearing glasses watching no a movie like that but now that it's on netflix i will check it out when the family's not around because i am curious um and i noticed that it's like the most requested and viewed movie right now which is strange because that's why she said it and it moved to net it was on netflix like three or four years ago because i remember going through and like oh i want to see this i like the director but i just i've had it in my queue ever since so i just thought it was an obscure thing that nobody knew about and to see that it's like super recommended it's i guess it's the covid people are home now and it's something <laughs> fresh and new and i can only imagine somebody not knowing and stumbling upon it. 
Like my right. mother-in-law, right? I mean, right. imagine my mother-in-law like, Jim, get in here and whoa. So, I mean, what would you say to that? Like, is it something that you would now recommend as it was recommended to you? Yeah, it's such a good question, you know, and thank you for asking that because what we're going to be doing, you know, we are inspired by Siskel and Ebert. The reality is these guys came out weekly, shared their stuff. They're super cool. And so we're, we're doing a spinoff on it and they would do thumbs up and thumbs down. Well, we can't take that. We got to do our own thing. So we're going to do it in the emoji world. Why not? Everybody texts and emojis are everywhere. And that's the way we're going to give our messaging. So when you see emojis out, that's how we feel about these films. The emoji I would give for that one, honestly, Ryan would be <clears throat> that emoji that has his thumb and his index finger on his face going, huh? Yeah. It's one of those, but sometimes yeah. the huh movies, make you want to go see it because you're like, wait a second. If you're stumping coach, it's hard to do. I might want to see that one, but I'm telling you, Rodica on steroids times a thousand. Um, so I'd give it a little bit of a hum. What would you give invisible man? Which emoji? Um, probably, I don't know all of my emojis, but if there was like a shrieking emoji, so kind of like somebody that's maybe like scared, like. Yeah. There's one that goes like, like this. Yeah. I would, I would give that. I mean, okay. for, sure, for sure a smiley face because it's good, but maybe like a scared looking emoji. Scared looking emoji. That's good to yeah. know that it's scary, which is a great, you yeah. know, letting people know up front. You go to a horror movie, you want to be scared. I mean, I do, so that, that works. That'll do it. Very good. Beastie Boys. I would, I would do the, uh, I would do like the, the googly emoji, with like an eye down, a tongue out, because yeah. they were goofy. They were goofy. They were goofy. They lived out loud. They did the unthinkable and they didn't give a shit. That, that's yeah. the thing about it. Like nobody cared. It was just, they went all in. They did all their fantasy stuff. It was so cool. So I'd give like a, oh, yeah. but like, that, that heck works. yeah, you need to watch it. They're kind of doing that in behind you, in fact. I know, right? They have <laughs> that kind of face going and that's appropriate. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. What and would you Tiger give? King, what would we give Tiger King? Probably a tiger emoji? <laughs> I'm sure they, right? No, I think I would do the head exploding emoji. Like, are you kidding me emoji? Bing! By the way, and getting back to that, Tiger King, so I don't know if you've heard, but they're doing um, a miniseries live action movie already. Um, they're taking the documentary and they're turning it into like one of those, you know, 10 hour FX USA type series. And Nicolas Cage has been rumored to be the cast, you know, cast is Joe Exotic, right? I mean, Nicolas <laughs> yeah. Cage is probably one of the wackiest actors ever. I can't wait to see it. I think it'll be awesome, actually. <laughs> I think it's going to blow up and yeah. do well. I mean, yeah. these people have literally changed their lives around becoming famous over this thing that they least expected it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that one I would definitely, I mean, my head is exploding in the emoji, but it's another way of saying, do it. You're, yes. you're not, you're not going to want to miss it. Well, that wraps us up, Coogler. We're done. That awesome. is our movie uh, take one of the week. Uh, those four great movies, Tiger King, uh, Beastie Boys, Invisible Man, and Love. Um, please check them out. Let us know what you think. And thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, DJ, yeah, kick you. us off something that is off the charts. I wish you could do Beastie Boys, but I don't think we can. But something close. Let's do it. All right. Right on, everybody.